that. But why don't we uh, go in our Bibles, amen, to the book of Matthew as we set the foundation, the direction for this lesson this morning. I'd like us to turn in our Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter number 6. And beginning with verse number 9, you will remember that we just, we're reading this and uh, talking about it and teaching on it on this last Wednesday night. Uh, but I would, uh, I feel to continue that lesson on uh, prayer this, this morning uh, as a continuation from our Wednesday night service. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, we're going to read it again. Uh, after this manner, therefore pray ye, this is the Lord talking, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And just going to simply title this, amen, Discoveries in Prayer Continued. Amen. That's what we talked about on Wednesday night. And for the sake of uh, remembrance and repetition is the key to learning, they say. And we're going to just briefly touch on some topics and things that we talked about on Wednesday night. Uh, but the subject of prayer can never be overemphasized in an apostolic church. Amen. It is the uh, the thing that we have to always go back to and rely upon every day. And we can't make it without prayer. Uh, and prayer, again, is that spiritual communication between God and man. It is you and I uh, articulating our our hearts, desires and our life's needs to the Lord. So prayer involves um, articulation of thoughts and ideas and needs that we have in our lives. Amen. There must be that balance, if you will, between uh, praying in the Holy Ghost, but also praying in a known tongue and being able to articulate your needs before the Lord and, and address those needs. Because how will you know? If God has answered your prayer, if you've never prayed specific prayers, right. amen. How will you know that God is a prayer answering God unless you've prayed, God, I need some groceries this week because my kids are hungry, my family's hungry. And then you see God subsequently provide a financial blessing to your life and that you're able to go out and get the groceries you need. And you can look back and say, God answered my prayers I needed a financial blessing and God came through for me. Amen. There's times when you don't know what to pray and you pray in the Holy Ghost and, and God begins to move in your life and, and it's the Spirit of God praying through you. Amen. And so prayer is communication with God. Amen. And the focus, uh, the beginning part of the Lord's Prayer is away from the one that is praying. Uh, the first half, if you will, of the Lord's Prayer is directed away from the praying person, amen, to God. Uh, it's, it's praying uh, God's will. Uh, and then the, the last half of the prayer is praying is the focus becomes on the one that is praying and that person's needs. 
And then finally, the conclusion is a surrendering of all things back to God. And we talked about on Wednesday night how the the Lord's Prayer begins with our Father. And implied in that phrase, our Father, is that there is no isolated Christianity. But there must be an interconnectedness among the people of God. For us to truly, sincerely, and honestly pray to Him, our Father, amen, there's got to be some connections that we have with our brothers and with our sisters. And so we mentioned on Wednesday night... That Christianity is communal. Amen. There is a connectedness that we need to have one with another. We need to come to church. We need to be connected to our brothers and our sisters. Amen. We've got to recognize that need that we have. Not just to him. But the need that we have on a horizontal relationship. I need my brother Danny. Amen. I need my brother Nate. I need my sister Gina. Amen. We need one another. Amen. We've got to understand that it's our father. Amen. And nobody lives for God in a vacuum. Nobody lives for God in an isolated island. Amen. But we are part of the body. And uh, prayer is not a regression into self-isolation. Prayer is not something that uh, you just uh, always do in, in isolation, but it's something that we do corporately. And so we have corporate prayer. Amen. It's something that is connecting us one with, with our brother and with our sister. And we mentioned on Wednesday night of how that many times you would find, and I have found when I'm praying, I'm talking to God, I'm thinking about Brother Noah, and I'm thinking about Brother Paul, and I begin praying for them because in prayer, I'm, I'm getting connected not just on a vertical, amen, on a vertical level, but I'm also getting connected on a horizontal plane. As I'm talking to God, I'm remembering my brother, and I'm thinking about if, if there's anything wrong in my relationships with those around me. And so prayer is, uh, it has to be a certain level of connectedness with God, but also with man. And the word father, and and bear with me for a few moments, those that were here on Wednesday night, as I sort of talk about some similar things we talked about on Wednesday night. But the word father is used in the Lord's Prayer. Amen. And it is used because seeing God as a father in the deepest and most tender relational reality, it enjoins a healthy sense of helping to shape our view of life and of God. If I see Him... Amen. As my father, I see him in, as a loving father and, and I want, he wants to have a loving relationship with me. Amen. I'm not seeing him as a God with a big stick that's ready to beat me up over the head because I messed up or I failed or I was inconsistent. But I, I see him as a father. Amen. That picks me up when I'm down as a, as a father that loves me unconditionally. Yes, and so I approach his throne I, I come before his presence and i'm saying uh, i'm connected with my brothers and my sisters but but god i also view you lord as a loving father an everlasting father and one that wants to have a relationship with me amen it's not some cold dry uh relationship but it's a loving connected bond a relationship that he wants to have with me and we talked we move forward in the lord's prayer we talk about uh the, the words continue, which are in heaven. And understanding position, understanding where he is, understanding uh, the, 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 the great vast expanse that he feels in the universe, understanding that uh, as, as I begin to look to him, 
Amen. As the Bible says, look unto him all the ends of the earth and be saved. As I begin to look to him and my eyes are fixated upon him. And I've stopped looking at my problems. I've stopped looking at all of the issues in my life. And I begin to look up and I don't see uh, the problem relationships. I don't see uh, all, the, all the issues that I'm dealing with in my life. And the financial struggle and the, and the sickness and the health concerns. But I begin to look up and I begin to see not just the Father, but I begin to recognize that He's in heaven. That He's got, amen, everything under His control. Amen. The the Bible says the heavens are His throne. And the earth is His footstool. And I see that, that He is a great, big, mighty God. And He's in charge of everything. And so the Lord's Prayer, it begins with, with a view of a Father in heaven. It begins with a view of somebody, amen, that is in the heavens, that is in charge, yeah. that is in control. Yes. And it, prayer is not making God bigger because we don't have that ability or that power. But prayer is making some adjustments in our mind. And saying, I may have made him smaller in how I view him. I may have made God smaller in how I view him. But the Lord's prayer caused me to look up and say, which art in heaven. And I have to begin to make adjustments in my mind. And I've got to begin to see him as one that is in charge. One that is in control. One that fills the heavens and the earth. And the issue is not the size of God, but it is the distorted size of God in the mind. And just, we mentioned on Wednesday night again, as with the physical muscles, the mind must be stretched regularly to have any concept of the immeasurability of God. Amen. The mind must be stretched. And in the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, we're, we're stretching our mind and we're saying, okay, uh, I've, I've let, allowed it to contract as I've looked at my problems. I've allowed the, my, my mind to shrink and the, the, the way that I view the Lord to, to contract. Amen. But as I begin praying, as I begin praying, our Father which art in heaven, amen, the muscles of my mind begin to be stretched. And I begin to begin to view God, amen, as one that is in Charge, one that is in control. And I'm going to see that God has uh, never failed me yet. That God can do anything and he knows no impossibilities. And then I begin to worship him and I begin to say, Hallowed be thy name. God, you are a holy God. God, I will worship you. God, I praise you. I worship you for who you are. I worship you because you're the creator of the ends of the earth. And the beginning of the Lord's Prayer begins to make some adjustments in our mind as we begin to see him for who he is and what he truly is in our lives. And again, the beginning of the Lord's Prayer is a focus on the things of God. It's a focus not on ourselves, not on our problems, but it's a focus upon God. And it begins to uh, transition. It says, thy kingdom come. It's thy will be done. Amen. We've got to align our prayer with what is on God's mind. 
When you go to prayer, amen, the, the first thing that comes out of your mouth should not be, uh, God, here's my problems, here's my issues, God. But we should approach his throne and say, God, uh, you're great. I worship you. You're my father. And God, I want your will to be done in my life. Amen. Too many people living for God today want their will, amen, to be accomplished in the world. And God's saying, as long as it's your will, amen, you're not going to have my will. And you're going to be faced with problems and difficulties. The reason we find ourselves so oftentimes in problems and in a mess and dealing with issues and things in life is because we failed to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Not what I will, but what you will come. Not my will, not my kingdom, but your kingdom come. And the posture of the one praying is of one who faces outward, away from self. And in this part of the Lord's prayer, there is a losing oneself in divine purpose. We have got to allow ourselves to be lost in his purpose. Amen. We've got to allow, amen, our will to be submitted to his will and say, God, I want I want my identity, all that I am, I want it to be lost in the divine purpose of God for this world, for this church, for my city. Because in the losing of one's identity in his divine purpose prevents the obsessions with one's own issues. If I'm Living for him with all of my heart and I'm I'm serving God with all of my heart and, and, and I'm uh, brother Danny. I'm greeting and I'm ushering at the front door. I don't got time to see all the problems that are in here. I'm just I'm doing the will of God and, and I'm, I'm focused on multimedia and I'm plugged into the different ministries that the church has to offer. And I'm plugged in. I ain't got time for gossip. I ain't got time for 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 relational messes and things of that nature. I, I've, got to, I've got to put my eyes upon him and God. Just let me do the will of God. And when you're focused on the will of God and there's a goal, there's a there's a goal in sight. And you're looking at the finish line and saying, God, I want your kingdom to come. Amen. In a race. As you run a race, I've run some races in my lifetime. And there's been times that there's a hurdle that is right in front of you in your path. But you're looking at the finish line and saying, I want that kingdom. I want that will to be done. And so when the, the hurdle pops up, it's just to hop over that thing and get over this thing and go around that thing. That I might have the will of God. And there's going to be hurdles that pop up. There's going to be issues and things that come up in your life. But if you're focused on doing the will of God. If you're focused on doing the will of God, that's not a problem. I'll just go around that. I'll just hop over that. I'll, just, I'll, I'll find a way to keep moving forward and get through and allow his purpose to be accomplished in my life. And here we begin to move into where we left off on Wednesday night. Give us this day our daily bread. One is to pray for daily bread for this day. It's daily bread for this day. Indicating that for daily bread, there must be daily prayers. There must be daily prayers. Prayer must be daily. And viewing life in a daily manner as opposed to weeks, months, years, causes one to understand that God works in the here and in the now. So oftentimes it's easy to look ahead and say, well, down the road, I'll do something for God. 
Down the road when everything is perfect and everything's aligned just right and all of the issues in my life have been resolved and, and, and all, all the things that distract me are resolved in my life, then down the road, I'll do something for God. Down the road, I'll live for God. Down the road, amen. And when things get better with me and my my spouse, with me and my kids, with me and my job, and me and my finances, and all the things that we can we can come up with our, within our minds, when those things are right, right. Come on. then God. But God said, no, it's it's daily bread. There's daily, there's there's a daily connection we've got to have with God. There's God that there's a God that wants to exist in the here and the now. That he wants to work in your life in the here and the now. He wants to move, amen, in the here and the now. Not in some never to come dream state. God and the one praying must find a now. A, a chronos in which to interrupt. God is always in the present and ready to move. God is always in the present and in the ready-to-move state. Amen. We exist in the chronos, but the kairos is an is a intersection of the chronos. Amen. The kairos is that time in which God exists, and it always interrupts the here and the now because God is always looking for to provide for somebody some daily bread. And when we stop in our days and say, God, right now, I need some interaction with God. I need some daily bread. God said, I was just waiting to step into your life and to give you some divine interruption in your life. And it's daily bread. It's daily bread. Thus prayer is the portal through which the eternal agent of change, the Spirit of God, brings light, brings beauty, and brings hope into a blind and a darkened world. Prayer is that portal. Prayer is that portal. Amen. When God says, I, I want to allow that my spirit to, to just intersect that agent of change to begin to work in your life and to begin to cause you, amen, to shift your mindset and to focus your attention, your eyes, because I want to work in the here and in the now. It's good to plan for down the road, amen, but God wants to work in the here and the now. It's some daily bread. It's some daily bread. He says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The child of God, the Christian, is never allowed to become fixed on the center of oneself apart from community. I'm going to say that again. The Christian is never allowed to become fixed on the center of one's self apart from community. That is something that I don't... There, there's, there's some of us that haven't got that understanding yet. Some people are fixed on their own world of influence so much that they cannot see the impact it has, their life can have and should have on the community of faith that is here in this place. Yeah. We see our lives and, and we, we're, we're, we, we live for God so oftentimes in a vacuum. And all we see is our own world of influence, our own self and, and our own priorities. And it's just us, us, us. And we never 
think for a fact for a minute that uh, we're connected. We've got to stay connected. And that my life impacts the church. My life impacts my brother and my sister. But the Christian life should never be allowed, amen, to become fixed on the center of oneself apart from community. And is never allowed to yield to the lie that he or she is isolated. There's a lie that the devil will tell you and you and I many times. You're isolated. Nobody likes you. You're different from everybody else. You, you, nobody knows what you're going through. You, nobody else has walked that road. You've got special issues. You've got special concerns. You've got special problems. And the devil would like to lie and try to isolate you and think that, you know what, I don't know if I can do this. The, the church has not experienced the things that I have experienced. I've got to remind myself, I'm not the first one to have a child and have that stress added to my life. Plenty of others have had that same stress and have made it. I I, I know of a a good friend of mine, amen, that uh, the, the brother in the church has a corporate executive job. He's involved in children's ministry. And... He's doing everything else on top of that with three crazy boys, just like I was a crazy kid. And you know what? They just bring them along for the ride. And they make it happen. They say, okay, God, you're blessed with children. We're not going to allow that to stop us from doing what you want us to do. We're going to go forward. That's a spiritual example. I'll give you an example in the non-spiritual world. Looking and studying even a little bit the life of our president, President Donald Trump. All of his kids say, my dad is a family man. I know that the media portrays him as not a family man and they harp on a lot of the inconsistencies and issues in his life. We all have got issues. But he said, all of his kids said, my dad's a family man. And my dad always made time for us, and he always spent time with us. And I'm thinking, but he was a real estate developer doing big things for lots of years, very involved, and lives a very busy life. But as uh, I began listening to some of the kids talk, they said, you know what the difference was? Is my dad didn't stop what he was doing. He just brought us along with him. He took us to the job sites. He took us to the boardrooms. He took us everywhere he could. And we were exposed to things, and he spent time with us, and he always stopped uh, a meeting or, or stopped a phone call to allow us to talk. He didn't stop what he was reaching for, but he said, I'm going to make sure that I include my family. And so I cannot use the excuse that my child is an impediment. I cannot use that excuse. I've got to say, you know what? My child is a blessing from the Lord no matter what. And I'm just going to allow her to be exposed to things that I'm doing in ministry. That I might keep doing the will of God. If it's a handicap. There's been plenty of people in this world. That have kept doing things in their life. With handicaps. You look at the life of even a Johnny Erickson Tata. That was disabled from the, the neck down. And yet she was a painter. That painted beautiful pictures. And she was a speaker. And she just did many things. There's I think Nick. Something, I forget his last, last name, but he's got no, no arms and no legs. And he is 
accomplishing great things. Because those things are not meant to stop a person. They're meant to expose some different strengths in our lives. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We cannot ever allow ourselves to become fixed on the center of oneself apart from community. So I've got a struggle, so I've got a problem, so I've got an issue. I'm not going to allow it to separate me apart from my community. I'm not going to allow it to separate me from my church and what God wants to do. And moving forward, prayer should probe the dark regions of your soul where lurk past hurts and feelings and wounds and failures that never seem to be completely healed and forever threaten to fester into cankers of bitterness. Amen. Prayer should be that thing in our life that constantly probes our heart and says, have you dealt with that pain? Have you dealt with that issue? Have you dealt with that struggle? And prayer should be probing the dark, the inner recesses of our mind and our soul. Say, God, if there's anything that's in me, search me, oh God, from top to bottom, head to toe. Let me be clean on the inside. I want to do your will, Lord. Prayer should probe the dark regions of your mind. The spirit and the word will daily wash out those wounds of offense by applying that balm of Gilead and bringing strength and healing. It's in prayer. It's in prayer that I begin to allow the spirit of God to just search my heart. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. God, anything that's in me. And this is not a a, a one-time prescription, amen, but it is an exercise that is ongoing in order to preserve and to maintain the spiritual and the mental and the emotional health that you and I need. It is an ongoing thing. It searched me, oh God. And not in my notes, but I know this from just past experiences and, and lessons. In order for God to be able to forgive us, we've got to forgive others. We've got to say, God, I forgive that person that hurt me, that offended me, that talked to me the wrong way. I didn't like it. Forgive me. I forgive them, God. I'm not going to. Don't hold it to their their account. Don't don't charge it against them, Lord. I forgive them, God. I, I relinquish that right to hold a grudge, to hold bitterness. God, I forgive God, if there's anybody, and and you know you begin praying, you begin talking to God in in English. You begin talking to God and say, God, help me to remember if there's any bitterness or grudges that I'm holding in my life. You pray that prayer specifically, and I guarantee you God will put it in your mind. Oh, that's right, that one there, Lord. God, they... I forgive them. If they knew how much it hurt me, they wouldn't have done it. I I believe that, God. I forgive them. God, help me to let go of the the hurt and the pain. Help me to give it to you, God. Help me to pray for them. Help me to pray for them. And as you pray those prayers, God brings things to your attention. And then you move into, okay, God, I want you to forgive me now. And God says, that's no problem. Moving On in the the Lord's Prayer. The words are uttered. Lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. Reliance 
on human confidence in order to avoid temptation is foolishness. Relying on your own confidence and human ability in order to avoid temptation is foolishness. And here in this particular portion of the Lord's Prayer is the need of reliance upon God. And we have got to always understand that I need Him. I pray that, and it's my goal, that one day I'll be worth a million bucks, maybe be a millionaire. But my prayer is, God, when I get there, help me to never forget that I still need you. God, I still need you every day. I can't make it without you. I can't do it on my own. And I've got to always have that reliance upon God. That surrender to his spirit and to his leading. That reliance is a surrender to God. A surrender to the spirit of God. And the leading of the Holy Ghost. You and I have got to surrender ourselves and say, God, I'm surrendering myself to your spirit. I want you to lead me. I want you to guide me. I think I know best sometimes, God. But I've got to also realize that I don't know it all, God. There's a whole lot more I've got yet to learn, God. And so I'm praying that you would lead me. That you would guide me. That you would order my steps. Show me the way to go. There are some doors. There are some doors through which the flesh will fit through. But the Holy Ghost will not. There are some doors that the the flesh will fit through. But the Spirit of God will not. And we've got to understand, you know what? I can watch this program and I might think I'm okay. But the Spirit of God on the inside says, I'm leaving. I'm not walking through that door. I'm not going to be a part of that. And in that understanding is a scripture that comes to mind. Quench not the Holy Spirit. Quench not the Spirit of God. Don't do things in your life. Don't allow things to come into your life that would stop the flow of the Holy Ghost. Anything that would come into your life or try to speak into your life that would stop the flow of the Holy Ghost is not of God. Because the the Spirit of God is meant to be that river of the Spirit that flows freely, uncontrollably. Amen. The the, the Spirit of God is there to flow freely. It's there to move in your life. And the, the Lord's prayer is concluded with thine is the kingdom. The conclusion of the Lord's Prayer, the finality of prayer is not the the seizure and the grabbing hold of promises. Amen. But the finality of prayer is the surrender of one's destiny and future to God. Amen. At the end of every prayer, amen, it should be, God, I'm still going to surrender my will to yours. I'm going to let go of my own human intellect and the way that I think things ought to be done. And I'm going to surrender my will to yours. I'm going to surrender my future to God. I'm going to surrender my destiny to God. It's not what I want, God. It's what do you want for my life. I want his will for my life. If your life will be ruled by that understanding. God, I want your will. I want your perfect will. Not what I want, God. 
life will be a whole lot simpler, a whole lot easier, a whole lot less complicated. Because you spend those moments of uncertainty on your knees in prayer. You say, God, leave me. God, I'm going to surrender my destiny, my future, my, my family's future. I'm going to put it all in your hand. I'm not going to make decisions, amen, impulsive decisions, amen, that have far-reaching implications and repercussions for future generations from my loins, amen. But God, I want to do the will of God. I don't want to ever get out of the will of God. The scariest place to be in this world is outside of the will of God, amen. It's not some dark alley in Oakland, California. It's outside of the will of God because God could call you, amen, to the slums of India. God could call you amen to the worst neighborhood in Oakland and you find yourself in a safe, perfect, peaceful place because in the will of God is happiness. In the will of God is joy. In the will of God is fulfillment. In His will is a peace that you cannot measure. And I want to be in the perfect will of God. I want to be in the perfect will of God. It's not to say that doing the will of God is always the easy thing. Sometimes it's hard doing the will of God. Sometimes it's hard doing the will of God. But it's the best thing. But the finality of prayer is not a seizure of promises. God, I want this and I want that. The finality of prayer, what it all comes down to is God, I surrender. I surrender, Lord. I give it to you. I put it in your hands. We have got to resign from our position as director of the universe. And we've got to return authority to God. Saying as he said in the garden, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. At the end of prayer, it's not God, I really want this job, I really want this house, I really want this girl to be my wife, I really want this guy to be my husband, I really want this car to be, it's God I really would like to have some of the things, but God, I surrender to you, whatever you want from me, God, that's what I want, God, not what I want, but what you want for me and that's aligning your will with his will It's thy kingdom come. It's going back to thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. And and my prayers, it's God, I'm starting out my time of prayer with a focus upon the Lord. I'm making sure that it's, it's still our Father. I'm still connected. I still got right relationships here. I'm connected to the community of faith. And I'm seeing you, God, in in your position of power and authority, which are in heaven. And I'm worshiping you, God. And and I'm surrendering to you all all of my will and all of my ambitions, my dreams, my desires, my goals. And I'm saying, God, as long as it fits your will. As long as it fits your will. I I like to be able to, you know, work my way up one day, uh, the highest I can in in a corporation, if it's possible. But throughout that, I don't want that to stop me from saying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I I look at my life and I say, God, 
Let me never get to a place where I become so attached to possessions, so attached to things, so attached to success, so attached to this world, that I can't in a moment's notice say, God, it's yours. Amen. I'll walk away from it to do the will. Years ago, God called the Walmarts to Brazil. No doubt they left some things. They said, God, we're going to go. We're calling us. And we're going to let go of some things that we might do your perfect will. We have to make sure that we keep that same spirit mindset. God, if you say one day to give this, I'll give it. If you say to leave this, God, I'll leave it. That I might be in your perfect will. Because I want his will for my life. Not what I want. What I want is not always the right thing. What I want is not always the best thing. But what he wants is always the right thing. What he wants. Because God knows the end from the beginning. He knows how it's going to end after after it's all said and done. And if I'll say, Travis, you know what? God, your will be done. I want your perfect will. I'm relinquishing the right. I'm resigning as position of director of the universe in my life. I'm relinquishing and I'm giving up that position as director of all of my universe, of all of my world. I'm saying, God, I want to be under you, God. I want to be doing the perfect will of God. I want your will for my life. A prayer such as the Lord's Prayer has Completely different implications for our lives. It has far-reaching implications and repercussions in our life. And I'm thankful today, amen, that God has given us a pattern of prayer. That God has revealed to us things in our life that we should be concerned with. Not always looking at our problems. Not always saying, well, I got all these problems. But God... You, you're the problem solver. Amen. God, I'm in a storm. That's fine. But God, you're still the one that rebukes the storm. God, I'm in a, I'm in a financial uh, hardship. But God, you're still the one that multiplies the, the loaves and fishes. Amen. You still have to figure it out, God. I'm not focusing on my problems. I'm focusing on you. And I believe that God will, amen, come through for us time and again. Why don't we stand to our feet? Amen. Why don't we just take a few moments?